1: Welcome to the program, I'm Stacy on the right and it is my pleasure to welcome our next guest to the show. I always love it when people make documentaries. I love it even more when people make a documentary about someone that I admire and respect. And it's even a bonus if that documentary happens to be about someone that I've already read one of their books. So who am I talking about? Supreme Court Justice, Clarence Thomas. And our interview today is with Michael Pack. He's a documentarian producer and director of Created Equal. I'm so excited to welcome you to the show today. Thanks for coming on today, Michael.
0: Thanks you. Thank you for having me on. Stacey. Good to
1: be on. So let's let's talk about the the documentary. First of all, why did you decide to do it? I read Clarence Thomas's memoir and it was amazing. Mm -hmm. It was Just it was gripping, it made me cry. I had all of the emotions, the roller coaster ride. I felt like I was right there, like on his shoulder, as he went through his entire life and shared his experiences as a young boy, uh, a young man, and then a college student the anger, the rage he experienced, Mm -hmm. and then the difficulties of going into government as a black man who happened to be a Republican. And really working that out, like he he kind of like they say about Christianity, you work out your salvation. He worked out his conservatism mm-hmm. in such an amazingly detailed way. So why'd you make this documentary?
0: Well, I too thought it was a great story, Stacey. You did a very good job summarizing it. But when I first started the project, I mean, I had heard that Justice Thomas wanted to tell his story, that he was tired of having his enemies um, tell a story full of half-truths and misrepresentations and outright lies. And when I talked to him and when I read his memoir and other things about him, I realized what a great story it was for just the reasons you said. It's a story of coming from nearly nothing. He grew up, as you say, in Savannah, in in, uh, the segregated South, from dire poverty, all the way to the Supreme Court, through those twists and turns, through being raised by his grandfather and, and getting great schooling from Irish nuns to losing his faith, to getting it back from going through a radical period in, in college where he supported Malcolm X and anyone else that was uh, in your face, as he says, to um, voting for and working for Ronald Reagan. I mean, it's a great story and he's a great teller of that story.
1: So, so I've uh, seen a couple of the clips of him talking about the the documentary and some of them are, I think, from the documentary and I just, I'm always struck by, first of all, he has a lot of humor about himself and about his life. He tends to see things in in such a cut and dried manner. But then if you mix the humor in, it makes him a very unique person. His perspective is so, um, it's not just individual as all people are unique individuals. But it's such an interesting mix of the black experience coming out of poverty, um, a kind of work ethic that in some ways is is being lost in our society today. And then his leaving the faith and returning to it in such an enormous way, Um, even the the parts of his life that he describes that were the most difficult, his divorce, um, his relationship with his son, just things like that. You think to yourself, wow, you just don't think. That way about him, if you only read the media coverage, he's not a deep man, he's just an Uncle Tom and someone who goes against his own race. But the truth is, he's a fascinating man,
0: very, very true. I mean, and so we decided that we would have Justice Thomas tell his story his way directly to camera, looking right at camera. I interview him, but he looks right at camera and he tells the story from his birth to today. Because as you just said, he is a very a powerful teller of his story. He has humor, he has a great voice, he's a great raconteur. People who only know him from his public perception, public media, and public mischaracterization probably think of him as quiet and not talkative. But indeed, he's a great storyteller. So we simply let him tell his story. If you thought it was moving in a book form, you can imagine it's way much more moving to hear it directly from him, to relive his life with him right from right all the way through to today. Um, And it is, it's an extremely powerful and emotional story.
1: So one of the parts of the story that was really interesting to me was, it's the way, first of all, in the book, he takes great pains not to disparage or defame in any way his first wife. And Mm. so there's this relational type of communication in that. It's not what he says, even though that's important, it's what he doesn't say. He doesn't describe the reasons their marriage broke down. He doesn't describe her in any detail. He's very careful to leave her um, almost as a shadow figure who is very impactful. He does talk about her support of him and the way that they traveled through the early part of their marriage together. And his career was the driver. But as a married woman, I've been married for over two decades now, as I like to kind of brag, um, (laughs) There's a lot of, uh, we you know, you know the road. When you've been married for that long, you know the road. And you know what people can say. We've seen lots of tell-alls about people's marriages. We've seen a lot of public slap fights between married people who are getting divorced. But this is a relationship that's already taken its full course, and he takes great pains to preserve the respect for her. But then there's a kind of complete shift when he begins to talk about Ginny Thomas, who, full disclosure, I know Ginny, um, and also full disclosure, at one point, I believe Clarence Thomas, Supreme Court Justice Thomas, was a reader of my blog, Stacey on the Right, um, as I was told by his wife. So these are people that I really, I, I'm like always thinking, I wonder what they would think about this, or I wonder what Ginny and, and, you know, Justice Thomas are are doing at this moment in our history. Um, so there's this this kind of almost flowery language that enters the picture when Ginny comes on the scene. And it's clear that she marks a point in his life where he becomes much more happy. He becomes much more um, free with himself. It's, it's almost like he's coming to his own. And with her love and support, he can be more of himself. Does he talk about Ginny at all during the he, documentary?
0: He does. He talks about her a lot. And Ginny and talks about their marriage, too. I think you've done a great job characterizing it. I think it is very singular about his first marriage that his first wife chose to have to give custody of their son to Justice Thomas, a very unusual thing then and even now. So he was a single dad uh, in the '80s working for Reagan, a very unusual position to be in, and it shows her respect for him. And it's his his first wife has never said a bad word about him. So to with many many chances from the media. So that's right. He had a lot of. They both showed a lot of dignity there, but it, but clearly, Ginny is the love of his life. He refers to her as a gift from God in the documentary, <laughs> and Ginny talks about it too. I mean, you see their relationship, particularly in the crucible of the confirmation hearing. They had been newly married, um, and you see their mutual support. I mean, they. they Ginny says that, that the second part of the confirmation hearing is the the part where Anita Hill. They needed their faith to get them through. They thought of it as a spiritual battle. You can see their reliance on each other and their reliance on their faith. I think it's a, it's very moving.
1: So i I wonder if you had to say like what what would be the reason why someone would want to watch this, and especially to someone who uh, maybe doesn't respect Justice Thomas or disagrees with him politically. I, I feel that after reading the book, in in my opinion. It's a must-read for every American because it presents a part of the American story that has been untold by Hollywood. Um, Hollywood tells a lot of stories about poverty-stricken Black people, uh, about you know Black people as maids and service people and you know elevator operators and that type of thing, and they also tell now recently a lot of vindictive type of tales where someone is paid back for the travesty of slavery. But they don't tell stories about someone who battled his own demons from not just the poverty, but he had a kind of harsh upbringing with a grandfather who loved him dearly, but was just very, very harsh. And taking all of that into adulthood and then having to battle his entire adult life against a society that says he doesn't have the right to hold the political views that he holds. And so I think that is what I would tell people, the reason why you should watch the documentary and read the book, which I've said over and over again, people are probably sick of me. You have to read this book. Um, but what would you say as the director and producer, and this is your baby, why should an American watch it regardless of their political or socioeconomic or background at all?
0: Well, I thought you put it very well, Stacy. And it's—I'm—I I, I don't want people not to read the book, but it's a lot easier to see a two hour movie than to read a book. But you should okay. do both, of course. I agree with what you said, that he's somebody who refused to define himself as a victim. He sees himself having a blessed life in spite of all his struggles, and he has this resilience. I think it's inspiring to everybody, um, whatever their politics. Um, I have lots of friends on the left. Many of them have seen it. Not every one of them have liked it. They they don't all come away agreeing with Justice Thomas, but they see who he is. They have a deeper understanding of him. I mean, look, I went to see the movies about Ruth Bader Ginsburg I don't agree with her jurisprudence, but I learned something about her. I was happy to go. I think people who don't agree with Justice Thomas should see this movie too. I also think it's inspiring on the levels that you said, putting politics aside as a spiritual journey, as a great story of about an only in America story and a Horatio Alger story. It's moving. It, it's, it's a moving experience. You will laugh and cry during this movie.
1: Yeah, so um, I subscribe to the Imprimus newsletter from Hillsdale College, and they will sometimes have excerpts of speeches that um, Justice Thomas has made. And there was one, uh, it was, I think, I think it was last year, and I actually missed it. I don't know if I recycled it by accident or what. And a friend of mine who reads every Imprimus from cover to cover saved it and made photocopies and was giving it out to friends. And she gave it to me. She's like, have you read this? And I said, no, I get this newsletter. I haven't read it. So I was reading through it. And I was struck by, um, well, there's this huge difference in the way that we educate children now and the way that we speak. We're much less formal and it makes American language a little, it's kind of dumbed down. And Clarence Thomas comes from a time in our, our country's history where education was of the utmost importance and he has an amazing education. And so he has a way of speaking and writing that is just it's fantastic. I, I compare it only to obviously late Supreme Court Justice Antonin Scalia, who I have a book of his speeches that his son sent to me and it is an amazing like the the depth and breadth of the number of speeches that he gave over the course of his life. And I feel like we'll probably get a taste of that with Justice Thomas maybe when he retires. But there there are opportunities for Americans to read some of his writings and to kind of get a feel for the man because he doesn't speak as often publicly on the, the Supreme Court when, when they're open and in session. And I just recommend that people do that. Um, so where can people watch this de- documentary and find out more about what you've done here?
0: Well, if they go to our website, justicethomasmovie.com, all the showings around the country are listed. Uh, if it isn't showing in your area, and there's a big enough group, we can make a showing happen in your area. There's a place to sign up there, and you can see the trailer. It's com. and if enough people go, it'll be in more theaters in the weeks ahead. Uh, I think that we people who love Justice Thomas love the story need to actually go to the theater. You know, not just. Um, Th- think about it, but actually go, show up, buy a ticket, um, and and go. I mean, it it and bring friends. And I agree with you, Stacy. They people should bring friends that n- do not necessarily agree with Justice Thomas. I think they get f- at least as much from it as those who do. A- and you're right. That read his speeches, read his book. It's sad to say, this at this t- where we are in this culture, it's probably easier to see the movie. But see the movie and then read the book. I mean, it's, it's it can be a long experience that way.
1: You know, I think if people take your advice, Michael, and they go first to the movie, it'll whet their appetite for the book, which books are always they're more detailed because you just have so many more words that you can use, you know, 60,000, 85,000 words, something like that. You get all of those words in a book where in a movie you just have the two hours and you can put in as much as possible I can't wait to see it. And I know I'm in a book club with a bunch of conservative women and I know we are going to go see it if it's playing here in the St. Louis area. But if it's not, I will be taking you up on that offer to do a showing here. Don't think we won't do it. We did it with Unplanned, um, the movie. uh, um, Yeah, we did it with that. We would do it with you in a heartbeat. So I will be reaching out to you if we are not on the list of cities that's showing it. Um, And I just want to say thank you. I, I just thought, well, first of all, I really regret not having read the book when it first came out. I just read it last year um but it felt like such it was like um a heart wrenching education on another part of America that i didn't know about and about a man that i have long respected and admired for his work and for his strong conservative stance in public in spite of the personal ramifications and of course his love for his wife which is so obvious and he's so open to letting people know about it. Um, So this is just another treat for people like me who really want to know more about him. And we know he'll never do a reality TV show. So this is the next best thing, like we're going to get to hear from him. So I'm so excited. Thank you for doing the documentary and for coming on the show today.
0: Well thank you. And I hope your viewers go to JusticeThomasMovie.com. And it's there that if it's not in their area, they can sign up and especially book clubs and groups. I mean, That would be great. I think you're right. It's a treat. I, as you said earlier, Stacy. this is the story that a kind of story Hollywood doesn't tell, but it's well worth hearing, whatever your politics.
1: Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. It's been a pleasure to talk with you. And thank you, viewers, for joining us here on LifeZet TV. I'm Stacey Washington, host of Stacey on the Right here, Righteously American, and so excited about this new documentary. You can find out more at lifezet.com and Stacyontheright.com. See you next time.